0: Hello and welcome to Day 3 Live, the live broadcast of Sunday morning service at Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. You can learn more about our ministry at day3church.org or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. Have you ever wondered what kind of impact one person can really make on the world? Do you struggle to know how you can really make a difference for the gospel in your current circumstances? Well, our current series is entitled Change. Will you let God use you to change your world? Please listen in as Pastor Lynn shares about the life of missionaries you may never have heard of and how their faithfulness made a significant change in their world. Here is Pastor Lynn. Good morning, Day 3 Church. Uh, We're going to try to have a good uh, service this morning on live stream. This is our our first attempt at doing this with this particular setup, so we'll be making sure to, to make progress as we go forward and, and figure out details. But we hope everybody's doing well and that everybody's safe and and healthy. Uh, we do want to pray this morning before we get started, and we want to pray for the folks uh, that that do have uh, this virus that's going around. Uh, we know there's, there's many cases present in North Carolina right now. And so uh, if you would join with me, let's pray together. We'll start off the service this morning and uh, lift up those folks who need our prayers today. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity uh, to worship together in whatever way we can. We know, Lord, this is not a conventional means of corporate gathering, and we don't want to forsake our assembly. Uh, but, Father, we also know that um, that you are present with us wherever we are and that, uh, Lord, we... Um, we trust you in this situation to, uh, to build your church and to strengthen your church the way that you see fit. We pray, Father, that uh, you would be with those who are struggling with the virus right now, that you'd bless them and their families. We pray for a swift recovery and a full recovery. And, Father, we pray that you would protect us um, as a nation and as a community here in this area as we uh, seek to serve you and glorify you in the midst of all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Good morning everyone. Uh, I r- really wish we could be meeting together. Uh, at the same time I'm thankful that we can uh, meet like this from the technology God has allowed uh, men to develop. Uh, take your Bible and I hope you uh, have it close by with you there as we're meeting in uh, uh, in our homes. You're meeting in your homes. We're here at the church. But uh, take your Bible and uh, turn to Revelation chapter 5 <clears throat> and verse 8 through 10. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8 through 10. I will uh, will be there uh, in just a few moments. But uh, before we get to our scripture text, just a little bit of a background, uh, because some people may be joining us that haven't been part of this sermon series. Uh, By the way, please share this on your Facebook and uh, ask your neighbors to watch, your friends to watch later. Uh, But we've been doing a series entitled Change. Uh, The full title is really this, Will You Let God uh, Use You to Change Your World? And as we've been in this series for a few weeks, we have been looking at stories of missionaries uh, along with scriptures that seem to be closely attached to their lives uh, and asking God to challenge us uh, to be used as they were used uh, to change uh, change our world. Uh, today our missionary story comes from the life of James Frazier. Uh, James uh, is from England. He grew up in England. He, he winds up going to be a missionary in China to the Lai Su people uh, in China. Uh, he was uh, lived in England, uh, uh, born in England, rather, from uh, 1886. And uh, uh, he did not have a very long life. He died at 52 at the age of uh, 1938. When he was a student at London University in 1906, someone gave him a little booklet entitled "Do Not Stay," and in this booklet, uh, God convicted him that he needed to go and be a missionary. The booklet was written by a uh, by a Chinese missionary uh, who had uh, or a missionary to China who had been there already and wrote these words. Uh, listen to the convicting words that uh, that James Frazier read in this booklet. Uh, quote, A command has been given, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It has not been obeyed. More than half of the people in the world have never heard the gospel. What are we to say to this? Surely it concerns us Christians very seriously, for we are the people who are responsible. If our Master returned today to find millions of people unevangelized, uh, he would look to us for an explanation. I cannot imagine what explanation we should give. Of one thing, I'm certain that most of the excuses we are accustomed to make with such a good conscience now, we should be wholly ashamed of then. As I said, he was 20 years old when he read that booklet, and God convicted him that he needed to go and be a missionary in China Uh, at age 20. He winds up leaving and going to China to try and reach the Lai people uh, there, and uh, he spends the rest of his life from age uh, 20 until age 52. Uh, He was actually turned down uh, by a mission organization twice uh, before they approved him going. Uh, And he was getting ready to go anyway, whether they approved him or not, because he He knew God had sent him, but on his uh, third application, they approved him and he leaves to go to China because he wanted to teach them about the exalted lamb that we'll read about in in a few minutes. He wanted to teach them uh, about Jesus and the fact that Christ had shed his blood on the cross for their sins. Uh, Once when he was considering the losses of the people in China, James Frazier wrote these words, the whole plane talking about all of China. Is without the lie of the gospel. I believe God would be glorified by even one witness to His name amid the perishing thousands. It does seem a terrible thing that so few are offering for the mission field. I can't help but feeling there's something wrong somewhere. Surely God must be wanting His people to go forward. Does not the Master's last command still... Whole good guys, I would submit to you that those words of James Fraser ought to challenge us and convict us today. Also, the Great Commission is still true. Uh, Jesus left that as marching orders for us that we should go forward. And, and guys, especially in days like this, when there's so many challenges and so many people in our culture who are uh, without hope, who are fearful, uh, the church—we as believers—we need to be the ones <clears throat> that give them hope. I know this coronas nineteen virus and the threat that 's taking place is is really affecting people and I understand we 're doing church online today and would rather be meeting together but but guys, please listen to me, all of you that are part of Day three church, especially, just because we 're not meeting at the church does not mean we should not still be the church because we have a great opportunity right now to be the church in, in all of our culture and for God to uh, use us and help us encourage people. As I said a moment ago, people need hope. You've got some neighbors, maybe your senior adults that could use you going to the grocery store for them or, or picking up their medicine or whatever it is. Uh, you may have some people that you work with. In fact, your company is still working right now. Uh, you may have people that you work with or neighbors or whatever that needs the hope of the gospel that does they do not know Christ as Savior, so, so use this as an opportunity to, to share the hope of the gospel w- with them. The exalted Lamb that I mentioned a moment ago is uh, part of John's vision of a heavenly worship service uh, found in Revelation chapter five, in uh, verse six through ten. So I ask you to turn your Bibles a moment ago. So uh, let's uh, let's read that together. Uh, I tell you, I'm going to begin back in verse six uh, rather than just uh, verse eight. And the Bible tells us this: And between the throne and the four uh, living creatures, uh, and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. faithfully served the exalted lamb. He he faithfully served the people in China for 30 years. He he persevered through kidnapping, through multiple robberies, through leg ulcers, through lice, through rats, through malaria, through total exhaustion, through mental and spiritual depression that nearly drove him to commit suicide. And, And yet he continued to be faithful and follow God, and he honored the lamb that we're going to talk about today by serving him and the people of China for those 30 years so what I want us to do today the best that we can is try and learn from the life of James Frazier and from the scripture text three important lessons today so here's lesson number one lesson number one is this the prayers of Christians the prayers of Christians contribute to the redeeming of the nations look at verse 7 through 8 again and he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers Of the saints. So I want you to notice three truths kind of based on those verses that we just read. Here's the first one Christ alone, please get this Christ alone is worthy to approach the throne and take the scroll. Jesus, God's Son, is the only one that's worthy to approach the Father and take this scroll. It said He went and He took the scroll from the right hand of Him who is seated on the throne. The scroll contained the rest of the book of Revelation uh, what was revealed to John in chapter 6 through verse 22 and only Jesus is the one that's worthy to approach that throne the throne of God and take that scroll but I want you to notice what happens as soon as Jesus the Lamb takes this scroll from the right hand of God which represents God's power and God's authority worship explodes in heaven as soon as he takes that scroll from the Father, worship explodes in heaven, which brings us to the second thing I want you to see in these two verses. Not only is Christ alone worthy to approach the throne and take the scroll, Christ is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our worship. Look at the first part of verse 8. And when he, Jesus, had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp. As this worship explosion occurs in heaven, look at this activity that's taking place. You see, worship, guys, involves actions. It involves activity on our behalf. You see the four living creatures falling down before the Lamb. You see the 24 elders holding a harp, which is a symbol of heavenly worship before the Lamb. So don't miss that they were there, and they were worshiping God. They were worshiping Christ. They were worshiping the Lamb as He goes and He takes this scroll. And guys, that's what we need to do. In spite of our circumstances, I recognize it'd be easier for you to say, well, it's, it's pretty easy for them to worship Jesus in heaven in a perfect environment. Uh, yes, that might be the case, but we ought to worship him no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing. So I, I said a moment ago, they were holding a harp in one hand, but I won't, I don't miss what they're holding in, in the other uh, hand. Uh, Daryl, I left that uh, bowl in up there. If you would bring it up to me, I should have brought it guys. We apologize. We're, Billy, uh, just to make that clear as, uh, as he comes up here. Um, but I want you to look at the second part of verse eight and understand the importance of our prayers, the importance of our prayers. It, it said in golden bowls, full of incense. That's what was in the other hand uh, of these 24 elders In golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. In the other hand, these elders are holding golden bowls. I don't have a golden bowl. If I had a golden bowl right now made of all gold, uh, I would be happy. I just grabbed the closest bowl I could find. But uh, in other words, they're holding this golden bowl, which is full uh, of incense, some translations say. Uh, But but we're told what that represents, what the incense represents. It's the prayers of the saints, which means this, guys, it means the prayers of the saints of believers. Think about that for a moment. I'm sure all of us have experienced this. If you ever prayed about something and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you just felt like the prayers didn't go anywhere and you felt like maybe God wasn't hearing your prayers and you wondered what happened with those prayers or even if those prayers mattered at all. James Frazier, this uh, missionary that we're talking about also today in our story he dealt with those same emotions. He wrote this one day he said, "I suppose we have we have most of us had such experiences. We have prayed and prayed and prayed, and no answer has come. The heavens above us have been as brass. But notice what he calls it. Yes, blessed brass, if it has taught us to sink a little more of this ever-present self of ours." into the cross of Christ. In other words, James Frazier was teaching this. He, he said, I believe that our prayers, even though if it's prayers that are unanswered, it forces us into more humility. It forces us more into the, to, to dependence upon, upon Christ. But Frazier went on and he wrote, yes, he hears them. Guys, Revelation 5 verse 8 gives us a picture, I think, of our prayers being... Protected and being preserved and being collected by God in heaven. This verse gives us a sense of our prayers, that word incense, being a sweet or a pleasant aroma to God. Especially in the context of our scripture. Because the context of our our scripture passage suggests our prayers are being made for the salvation of the nations, for the salvations of the people of the world. We're praying uh, for the salvation of the nations. And that's a prayer that especially pleases God. So so what I want to challenge you right now uh, to think about your prayer life in a different way. If you've been praying, 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 and you think, does God really hear this? Is it really going to matter? I don't see him answering. And and you might ask yourself, why do I need to keep on praying? Well, let me give you a new motivation maybe for praying. Think about this. The prayers that you are praying are like a sweet aroma to God in heaven. The the prayers that you are praying are are a blessing to God. You might not see it answered now. You may not know when he may answer it. But we need to keep praying because our prayers are like that incense or a pleasant aroma for God. And we need to pray for the salvation of the nations. We need to pray uh, with the awareness that God is hearing us. Whether you experience an answer to your prayers or not, if God is collecting the prayers of the saints as though it's a pleasant smell and aroma to him, in a golden, in golden bowls in heaven. In all these 24 elders are holding those bowls, maybe think about it like this. Let me give you a little practical exercise for a little while, or maybe for now on in your life. Why not get a bowl and set it up in your home? And every time you pray, write down whatever that prayer is and put it in that bowl. And when you start feeling like, well, I don't know if, if, if God is here in my prayers or not, I want to remind you to do this. Every now and then, go and go through those slips of paper, the prayers that you've prayed. And as you read over those prayers, remember this. Remember God heard it. Remember God collected it. Remember it was a present aroma to God in heaven. And be encouraged to pray anyway, no matter what you're going through, no matter the results you see. That ought to motivate us to pray all the more. Guys, especially in times like this, we need to be praying that, that God would, would do something with this coronavirus that we're that we're facing right now across the world. We need to pray about that. And in just a moment, I'll probably have us to stop and do that. It won't be the end of the message, but we'll stop and pray about that. Some people consider six children in a broken home. He would not marry until he was 43 years old and he died at the age of 52. For years, his godly mother had prayed for at least one of her children to become a missionary. And God finally heard her prayers and answered her prayers. His mother wrote this, I cannot pour out the ointment on Jesus' blessed feet as Mary did, but I gave him my boy. Talking about James. She said that because James had been called to be a missionary, she was, it was like pouring out ointment on the feet of Jesus. James would say this himself. He would say his missionary call that his missionary call was greatly due to the prayers of his mother. Let me stop and encourage you guys for a minute. God hears our prayers. And us as parents and grandparents, we need to be be praying over the lives of our children. God hears and God can move in a tremendous way. Later on, James Frazier wrote these words to a a friend of his that was was requesting his friend to be his prayer partner as he was a missionary in China. Here's what James Frazier wrote. Solid, lasting missionary work is done on our knees. What I covet more than anything else is earnest believing prayer. And I write to ask you to continue to put up much prayer for me and the work here. Fraser also wrote this to him I'm not asking you to help in prayer as a sort of sideline, but I'm trying to roll the main responsibility of prayer warfare on you. I want you to take the burden of these people upon your shoulders. I want you to wrestle with God for them. And let us, let us view uh, prayer as more than just a sideline for our Christian life. But instead, view prayer as being the main responsibility of our doing warfare for Christ against the dark forces of this world. Let us wrestle with God in prayer for the salvation He was encouraging his friend to take this burden of prayer on his shoulders. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. We we as believers need to take on our shoulders the burden of praying for the lost, the lost around us, the lost across the world. We need to be praying for the salvation of the nations. And guys, we need to be praying, as I said a moment ago, about this coronavirus crisis in our culture. We need to pray for God to use it for his glory. Who knows that maybe God has allowed this to cause us to kind of stop in our track and look to him and and pray to him with confidence that he's listening. And God may have a a great purpose in this. John Piper said this, Prayer is meant by God to be a wartime walkie-talkie, not a domestic intercom for the enhancement of our comforts, but for the advancement of Christ's kingdom. Uh, Ephesians 6, 18, and all the different uh, weapons and dress of a warrior, spiritually that's mentioned there. Prayer is one of the weapons that God lists there that we need to take uh, action with, that we need to pray. So, guys, this isn't the end of the message, but I want to stop and I want us to pray uh, just for a minute since we're talking about prayer, and then we'll move on. Join me in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you again for the opportunity to worship you this morning. Father, help us to raise our eyes up above the uh, issues around us, the concerns and the circumstances around us, and help us to focus our attention upon you. Father, help us not to be ever defeated as we pray, but help us to pray with confidence that our prayers are like a sweet smell and aroma, a sweet incense for you in heaven, and, uh, and that you do move. Many times we may not see it, we may not know, but you hear our prayers and you move. God, we're asking you this morning to take action upon this coronavirus. Uh, We pray if it's your will that you just remove it in such a sudden way that everyone, the scientists and the doctors and everyone, will have to admit that you have moved. But Father, if you are doing other things with this, we just pray you use it in a way that brings glory to yourself and glory uh, to your Son. Father, help us not to give up in our praying, but help us to view our prayers a wartime walkie-talkie, as John Piper said, that we're doing warfare for Christ. Father, we pray for the nations. We pray for their salvation. Father, we pray that you turn people all across this world to you, for it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Second lesson I want you to notice from this text today is this. Not only are our prayers used by God, I think, and central in the salvation of the nations, but but importantly, look at this lesson, lesson number two. The blood of Christ has purchased the salvation of the nations. The blood of Christ has purchased the salvation of the nations. Look at Revelation 5 and verse 9. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. I want you to consider two things from that verse. To begin with is this. We have a new song to sing. We have a new song to sing, not just these people in this worship service that we see in, in uh, uh, John writing here, this worship service in Revelation chapter 5, but we right now in this world, <clears throat> we have a new song to sing. It said they, they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood, you ransomed people to God. Folks, this this new song that he mentioned here is a song of the redeemed. It's a song of the gospel. It's a song of salvation. It's God's gospel song. It's a song about the worthiness of Jesus because only Jesus is worthy to come and pay the penalty for our sins. It's a song about uh, even though we we saw that he was slain, it was mentioned earlier in the verse, he was slain. But now we see uh, that he is standing. Uh, John wrote like this. I I saw a lamb as though he was slain, but but he was standing. Standing uh, there in Revelation 5 in, in verse 6. That, that's why Christ is so worthy. Yes, He came. Yes, He was God in the flesh. Yes, He lived a sinless life. Yes, He went to the cross and paid the penalty for our sins. Yes, they, when He was crucified, they put Him in a tomb because He took His life back up. And John gives us a picture of the lamb that was slain standing. He was slain, but by his blood, by his holy blood, by God's blood, Jesus has ransomed people from their sins and for God. Now, guys, that's something to sing about. I know there's all kinds of songs out in our culture and and many good songs, many worship songs, Uh, and they can focus upon different areas. But there is no greater song to sing than for us to sing about Jesus having died for us, having ransomed us, having having taken his life back up. He died for me. He redeemed me. And that's a song I need to sing, and it's a song that that you need to sing. Guys, right now, the, the days that we're in, We need to stop moaning and groaning about our current circumstances. We need to stop being upset that I went to the market and I couldn't find toilet paper. Or I went to the supermarket and I couldn't find, you know, meat. I mean, everything was just kind of wiped out. Uh, We need to stop moaning and groaning about, well, I can't go do uh, my favorite things. Or I can't go to my favorite restaurant. or, Or I can't do that. Guys, here's what we ought to do. We need to stop moaning and groaning about our current circumstances. And instead, let us focus upon Christ. What He has has done for us and we need to sing this new song this gospel song this song of salvation for other people to hear and here's why that's so important the most important thing for anyone to know not just during these days not just during a coronavirus but the most important thing for anyone to know but especially during these challenging times People need to be certain that they're saved. They need to be certain that they're forgiven. They need to be certain that they've been redeemed from their sins and they've been redeemed to God forever because that's what Jesus does for us when we trust in Him. And I want to just kind of look to you right now that are listening. If you're not certain about that, if you're not sure about that, the most important thing you need to worry about right now is that. You don't need to be worrying about the stock market or what you can buy or where you can go shop or where you can eat. The most important important thing, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, is that you need to worry about whether or not Christ is your personal Savior. And if you don't know Him, we encourage you to contact us through our Facebook account, through our uh, phones, if you have our phone numbers, our emails, whatever. We'd we'd love to talk to you more. <coughs> the problem in, uh, in our culture over the years is that some liberal theologians have started teaching and rejecting the necessity of the blood atonement. I don't want to camp out long here, but there's a woman by the name of Dolores Williams of Union Theological Seminary. She's a professor at a seminary. And here's what she said. I don't think we need a theory of atonement at all. I don't think we need folks hanging on crosses dripping with blood dripping and weird stuff. Uh, another uh, liberal theologian, Virginia, Virginia Mullencott, said this. The death of Jesus was nothing less than the ultimate in child abuse. Did did you hear the things that they were saying? That that God was practicing in child abuse by putting his son on the cross? That that we don't need weird stories about people hanging on crosses and, and blood dripping? Here's the problem with that. The Bible clearly says in Hebrews 9, 22, the second part of the verse without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness or remission of sins depending on your translation. Guys the whole Bible teaches the shedding of blood. It was pictured in in the, the sacrifice of lambs. It was pictured that Jesus would come as that ultimate Lamb of God. John the Baptist pointed at him and pointed out to a couple of his disciples there he is. That's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And without the blood of Jesus guys we're without hope. And the world is without hope and that's why we need to sing this song for others to hear especially in days like this so second thing we need to think about is this that's the song we need to sing but who do we need to sing the song to who do we need to sing that song to the second part verse 9 says from every tribe and language and people and nation that's who god has and will redeem people from We need to sing the song of salvation. We need to sing this new song. We need to sing this gospel song for all to hear. God desires all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. Paul wrote this in 1 Timothy 2, verse 3 and 4. This is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, will all be saved? No, they won't be. We know the Bible also teaches that. But he desires all to be saved. And Jesus died for sin so that people from every tribe, every language, every people, every nation might be with him forever as part of his eternal family. Because it's our job as a church to sing that song. It's our task to sing the song of salvation to all people. People you work with, people in your community, people all over the world, from every nation, language, and tribe. we were to share that. That's why we support missionaries and send missionaries for. That's why we take mission trips ourselves. We, we need to share this gospel song, this new song with all the world. I'll be honest with you, here's the way we need to view ourselves. We need to view ourselves as gospel-singing missionaries wherever we go. We're going to be singing the gospel, this new song, to people wherever we go. Missionary James Frazier, after studying the uh, <clears throat> book of Acts and the gospel, he listed four things as being essential in the sharing the gospel. So it's important we share these things. It's important you know to share these things. Number one, the crucifixion of Christ, because that's where he shed his blood, his perfect blood. The perfect once and for all sacrifice, die on the cross for our sins. Number two is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel in Acts was never, ever preached without the resurrection being a central part of the message. We need to talk about that Jesus died, but we need to talk about Jesus taking his life back up. To prove he had paid everything necessary for the forgiveness of our our sins. Number three is the exhortation of hearers to repent of their sins. And guys, repenting of your sins doesn't mean you get off somewhere and uh, you're trying to remember every sin you've ever committed. And you cry out and you ask God to forgive you of all those sins. It's fine to do that if that's your burden upon your heart. But here's the deal with that. You and I don't have the capacity to remember every sin we've ever committed. And that's not what repentance speaks of. Repentance speaks of you and I agreeing with God that we are a sinner and we accept what God says about us and we're willing to turn from our sin and we turn to him and we ask him to forgive us. Number four is this, a promise to all who believe on Jesus Christ that they will receive remission, forgiveness of sins. God promises that. He died on the cross for us. He took his life back up. People need to repent of their sins. And then God promises us to all who believe on Jesus that they'll receive remission and forgiveness of their sins. In other words, eternal life. James Frazier once said this, I have no confidence in anything, but the gospel of Calvary to uplift these needy people. Also, he said this, the gospel of a broken heart begins the ministry of bleeding hearts. As soon as we cease to bleed, we cease to bless. We must bleed. If we would be ministers of the saving blood, Guys, I think what James Fraser meant by that is this: You and I can't look at a lost world and our hearts not bleed. We we can't look at the at the condition of our world, condition of our culture, and and see people living without hope, and people living absolutely but beneath what God desires for them. We, we should not be able to look at this world as believers and not bleed for the world in our hearts. And, and if you're not bleeding for the world, you need to get off and pray. You need to ask God to give you more compassion for the lost around you. Third lesson I want us to see this morning is this. We talked about lesson number one, how our prayers as believers uh, can impact the lostness of the world. We, we talked about how Jesus has redeemed people for God from every, from every language, every nation, every, every tongue, and how we need to sing that gospel song. Lesson number three found in verse 10 is this. The redeemed serve as a kingdom of priests in reaching the nations. Get that again. The redeemed. That, that means you. If you receive Christ as your Savior. The, the redeemed serve as a kingdom of priests <clears throat> in reaching the nations. Look at verse 10. And you, talking about Christ, you have made them a kingdom and preached to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. I want you to notice what we as the redeemed are made to be and what we're made to do based upon what's said in that verse. First of all, Jesus has made us a kingdom of priests to God. He's made us. The, the Bible said there in the first part of verse 10, You have made them a kingdom of priests to God. Once you notice the way that's phrased, Jesus has made us. If you're a believer, that's who He is making you to be, that's who He wants you to be. We, we don't become a kingdom or a priest to God by our own abilities, by our own ingenuity. God, when He saved you, He put you in his family. He puts you in his kingdom, and he wants you to be his kingdom, and he wants you to serve as his priest. (laughs) Guys, he has made us into that. He's made us into a kingdom and priest to God. That implies this. That implies because we are saved, and in fact, you know Christ is your Savior. Because we are saved, we have been made into kingdom priests for God. We're to be his kingdom in other words he's our king and we're to listen to him and we're to respond to his kingly rule over our lives and we're to also represent our king through being his priest yes jesus is the high priest i understand that full well but the high priest who has redeemed us and saved us he's made us to be priests who minister to others for god Not just people that are ordained, not just people that are pastors like myself or John or Daryl or uh, other pastors out here in the world. He's redeemed every believer, each and every believer to be a priest serving God. We are to represent God. We're to represent Jesus to mankind. We're to represent Christ among the nations. We're we're to minister to the nations for Christ. James Frazier served as a priest for God as I mentioned about to the uh, Lai Su people of China. He prayed over them. He fasted over them. He loved them. He served them. He, he told them the gospel of Christ. an event that happened in his life one day, Fraser was walking along the road and he found a dying man on the side of the road who was being ignored by others. That kind of sounds like a Bible story, doesn't it? Called the Good Samaritan, just a little bit. So James Fraser walked and he finds this man dying on the side of the road. And what he does is this: everybody else is ignoring this man, but James picked him up and carried him on his back for six miles on his back, not using an animal like the good Samaritan. But James Fraser picked up this dying man and carried him on his back for six miles to get him help. It was this sacrificial act of service that God used to bring in bringing a Burmese man called Chang to Christ. And Chang later said this, some people call James Fraser strange and eccentric. Instead, we should call him Christ-like. We should call him Christ-like. But you may not ever walk by someone that's physically dying on the side of the road. But every one of us walk by people who are spiritually dying every day of our lives. People who are lost and without hope in Jesus. And that's why we need to serve as a kingdom of priests to God. Second thing I want you to see about being a kingdom of priests, Jesus made us a kingdom of priests to God. That's what he wants you to be. But Jesus has also made us to reign on earth. The very last part there, of verse 10, says this, and they shall reign on the earth. I know the Bible teaches that one day in the kingdom of Christ on this earth, In his millennial reign on this earth, the Bible teaches that we who are Christians, we who are the redeemed, we who are are saved, we'll reign with him one day. We will help rule and reign in his millennial kingdom one day. I understand that that's coming. But guys, I also believe this. I think we as believers in a radical way should strive to reign on the earth right now. James Frazier once wrote these words. It is all if and when," he said. "I believe the devil is fond of those conjunctions. The plain truth is, the scriptures never teach us to wait for opportunities of service, but to serve in just the things that lie next to our hands. The Lord bids us to work, watch, and pray, but Satan suggests wait until the opportunity for working." Watch and pray and presents itself. And needless to say, here's what James Frazier said. This opportunity is always in the future. Do you get what he's saying? Quit saying if. Quit saying when. We need to stop as believers trying to put off rain on the earth until a future kingdom. We, we need to stop thinking we'll, we'll fully live for God one day in heaven. We, we need to take steps right now in the culture that we live in, the world that we live in, to, to reign in this world. We, we need to take steps in our own lives to reign over temptation in our own lives. We need to take steps in our lives to reign over the forces of darkness in, in this world. We, we need to, to reign in this world by bringing light and the hope of the gospel to this world. We need to look to King Jesus, and we need to be reigning with Him right now. That that means we seize territory for the kingdom of God right now in this world. That means that we are, are making a difference in this world, seizing territory for the kingdom of God by adding one person at a time to His kingdom as we lead them to Jesus. That means season opportunities placed before us. Even during things like this coronavirus outbreak, we need to be the church and be the church where we live and where we work and and let us be priests for God and reign for Him right now in the midst of these circumstances. James Frazier died on September twenty fifth, 1938 at the age of 52, very unexpectedly. He seemed to be healthy. But he came down with a headache on Wednesday, September 21st, 1938. That night, he finished writing some letters. He played a little organ uh, in his home. He had been a, a concert pianist in England before he left to go on the mission field. Before going to bed, he played the little organ. The next day, his headache was more severe. And it was discovered that James had developed a malignant Cerebral malaria. His wife tirelessly ministered to her husband, along with a Chinese doctor and nurse. But in the area that they lived in, nothing could be done. They didn't have any medicine that they needed. His wife's whole world was reeling when her husband died. She was expecting their third child. It was September, and their third child was to be born by the end of the year. And when her husband died, her world went to pieces. A friend of hers wrote to his wife, whose name was Roxy, these words. Times like these are when we just have to bear our face to the tempest and go on without seeing clearly, without understanding, and without anything but naked faith. Did you hear what she said? We also need to face the current tempest. Don't turn away from it as a believer. Don't act like you're fearful as a believer. We need to face the current tempest of this culture. And we need to face it with raw faith in God. We're with raw faith in Jesus. And in spite of what we're facing, we need to continue being faithful and serving Him, never knowing how God may use our faithful actions. Listen to the fruitfulness of the ministry of James Frazier. After his first years of service in China, his first five years, he'd been there for five years. After his first five years of service in China, in a four-month time period, after his first five years, in a four-month time period, 600 of the Lai Su Chinese were saved. In four months, 600 were saved, representing 129 families. By 1918, 10 years into his faithful missionary work, 60,000 Lisu Chinese had been baptized. In 10 years of his ministry there, 60,000 Chinese have been baptized. Today, there are an estimated 300,000 Lai Christians in Western China. Before his death, James devised the first written script of their language, of the Lisu people's language. He worked in their language and was officially recognized by the, by the Chinese government in 1992 for being the first to help write out their language in written form. He led in helping to translate the New Testament into the Lisu language. In a biography about James Fraser a story was told about how James outran a Kachin Chinese tribesman intent on murdering him. He ran for hours and this Kachin Chinese tribesman kept chasing him, but he continued to escape and he continued to run for hours. He was comforted by the truth as was Lottie Moon and Jim Elliot. A Christian is immortal until his work is done. James' daughter, Aline, would later tell about a man who came to visit her mother, Roxy. He was a K-Chin Christian who wanted badly to meet Roxy. And he told her how years before he had chased her husband, James, for many miles intent on killing him. And James outran him. But later, the same man heard the message of Jesus Christ And believed and was saved. We may, or may we, (laughs) so live our lives as missionaries wherever we go. May may we exalt and honor the exalted Lamb. Let, Let us pray and continue in prayer for the salvation of the nations. Even when we don't see God moving. Even when we don't think our prayers are being answered. Let's continue praying, understanding that our prayers are a pleasing aroma. To God in heaven. Let let us sing this new song of salvation. Concerning the the redeemed. And the fact that Jesus redeems people by the blood. That he shed on the cross. The nations need to hear that gospel song. And everyone let us. Let us. Especially those of us at day three. You're the main ones that I'm. Personally responsible for as your pastor. But let all of us as believers. All of us who are listening are believers. Let us serve as a kingdom of God and priest of God that Christ has made us into be. He's made us to be a kingdom. He's made us to be priests and let us start reigning now on the earth. Will you join me in prayer? Father, God, I pray that you take this story of James Frazier and you take these words of Revelation chapter five. And God, motivate us and challenge us. Father, I even pray you so convict us we can't rest as believers until we function as the kingdom of priests that you've made us to be. Father, give us the the motivation we need, the the driving force we need in our lives right now, no matter what we're facing in our world, coronavirus or not, Father, help, help us have the motivation to pray. Understanding that our prayers make a difference. And God, help us to pray for the nations to be redeemed. Help us to pray for our neighbors to be redeemed. Father, help us to, to sing this new song that they sang about Jesus, that he's the one that's worthy. And by his blood, he's redeemed people from every nation, tribe, tongue, and language. Father, help us to do that. Help us to sing the song of the gospel, wherever we go. Help us to share the gospel, to share hope, to share delight in the darkness of this world. But Father, we do pray that you, you encourage us to be your, your kingdom and your priest. Not just in the future, not just in a millennial kingdom, but right now. And Father, I pray for anyone that may be listening this morning that doesn't know Christ as Savior. Help them to understand the most important thing they need to know. Is not where the next paycheck comes from. It's not what they might find at the grocery store or not find there. It's not when they can go to their favorite hangout place or their favorite restaurant. Father, the most important thing they need to know that they need to settle for sure in their lives is their eternity. And Father, to all who are listening right now, I pray first of all, you convict them of their sin. Help them understand they're sinners. All of us have sinned. None of us can save ourselves. Give them the faith they need to trust in Jesus without any reservation. To trust completely in His finished work of the cross. Father, help them to repent, to turn from their sin and turn to you by faith. And believe in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And help them right now to pray and invite Jesus as their Lord and their Savior to come into their lives. To direct their lives, to be the CEO of their lives, to be the King of their lives. And Father, help all of us these that new right now I pray or trust in Christ. Father, I pray that that these who are new that trust Christ along with us that have. God, help us help us get a wake-up call right now and serve you faithfully. For it's Christ's name we ask it. Amen. So I prayed just a moment ago, <clears throat> we're going to have a song of, uh, of worship to close out. If you do not know Christ as your Savior, please, please consider your need for Jesus during this song. If you need someone to talk to you if right now, you can, you can comment in the comments on Facebook where we're doing this message live. If you don't know how to do that, call us. Call myself, call Daryl. You can go through our individual pages. Call John. We would love to share with you what it means to trust Christ as your Savior. Or if you have already done that, if you prayed that a moment ago, we'd love to encourage you and give you some advice about how to grow as a Christian. Please listen to the Holy Spirit of God as we have this closing song.
2: Hope is lost, and you're burdened with the weight of guilt and shame. To you, mourn in silence, waiting patiently for rest from. mercies can be new for you each day. And one day He'll make all things new. So dry your tears and hold on for that day. When every knee will bow, every tongue confess He is Lord and day am for his glory so keep longing for that every knee
1: As we uh, close this Thursday, I want to remind you next Sunday, uh, we will also be broadcasting at 1030. Uh, Please, between now and then, maybe invite your neighbors or your friends to join in and watch us. Um, We need a good way to communicate with everyone right now. So perhaps you've not signed up for um, our email, Day 3 Share. Uh, If you have not done that, if you will email your email address, to day3share at day3church.com. Uh, we will try to be sure that you're added in to that group to where we can communicate with you. Please be watching also on Facebook because we will be putting out some uh, uh, short videos from time to time, making announcements from time to time there, uh, as well as sending out emails. Uh, so uh, please just stay uh, connected with us. I hope very soon we can be back together uh, seeing each other physically as a, as a family here. Um, but I pray that even during this time, God will somehow use this uh, this online worship. And if you'll just share it with other people, all of us share it. Uh, maybe the next time we meet, maybe every seat will be full at Day 3 Church. Uh, so please look at that as a uh, missionary endeavor that you can be part of. Uh, parents, uh, Daryl has sent out an email with some links for you to where you can take the uh, literature that's normally used and you can have a private time in your home. Uh, please don't neglect to do that. You're the one that's primarily responsible to do that, you know, to teach your children, to disciple your children and teach them. So so please look for that and please do so uh, during this interim time while we are waiting until we can get back together as uh, as God's family. Uh, thank you again for joining us Uh, This will be resident. We apologize. We had some buffering problems. We'll work on that between now and next week. Maybe once that all loads up, that'll go away some. Uh, But uh, it'll be resident uh, to where you can uh, point your friends and neighbors to it Uh, next week, (laughs) six months or whatever. It'll be resident on our Facebook to where they can go and uh, watch the the worship today. And I, I pray you'll invite people to do so. You have anything?
0: Pray that Facebook doesn't remove it because everybody in the world's live streaming
1: right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. uh Daryl, do you have anything else that needs to be said? Okay.
0: I will say this uh, folks, if you have if you have any questions or or if you want to talk to somebody or if you have prayer concerns, please do reach out to us. You can reach us through the uh Day Three Church websites, daythreechurch.org or daythreechurch.com. They'll both take you to the same place. Just make sure you use the number three. Um, and not the word three, day3church.com. And then otherwise, if you're connected with us on Facebook, you can reach us there through Messenger and other other means. But uh, please stay in touch with us.
1: Thank you. Y'all have a great week. Have a great week.
0: Pastor Lynn has given us a lot to consider today. It can be very difficult to keep our focus when circumstances are hard. I'm thankful that in those times, God remains faithful Maybe you would like to talk to someone about how you can impact your world for Christ in a greater way. Maybe you would like to know more about what it means to follow Jesus. Would you please contact us? You can reach out to us through our website, day3church.org, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. We care about you and we want to connect with you. We're here to help. Until next time, this is Pastor John reminding you that God is greater than your circumstance and His mercies are new every morning. It's time to experience a new day in your life.